Brooklyn's Radio. Loving events in Surrey. This is Graham Laycock for Brooklyn's Radio, and I'm at the Wharton on Thames Model Railway Exhibition held at All Saints Church Hall in Hersham on Saturday, the 28th of September. We're going to meet many of the people with their layouts. But first of all, let's talk to the organiser. And I'm here at the Wharton on Thames Model Railway Exhibition. And uh, I'm with Gillett. Hello to you. Hello, how are you? All right, very, very well. Thank you very much. And uh, I understand this is the fourth time we've had this exhibition here? Yeah, that's correct. So we started the exhibition um, four years ago with the aim of getting more people into the hobby. And it's uh, kind of grown and taken off a bit more. And uh, yeah, so we're back for the fourth time with uh, bigger and better layouts than ever before. Right, well it's good to see that model railways are still surviving and people are still interested in doing this. Yeah, that, that was the um, whole aim of the hobby was to get of this, organising this exhibition to try and get more people into the hobby. Right, we're at all at Saints Church Hall here in, in Hersham for this, aren't we? So how many layouts have we got today? So we've got ten layouts and uh, six traders so everyone can get their bits and bobs. So. Okay, and are there several exhibitions going around the country every year? Yeah, so the Model Railway exhibitions are, there's quite a few of them. So today there's like around 15, 20, and that's the kind of typical number for a Saturday. So it's all over the country. And many of these laos will be touring the South East or, not, or, the UK, or the UK or England. Many of them have been to Europe uh, to exhibit there. So there's all touring layouts. Yes, because I know there are some fantastic, like Germany, for example, has got some brilliant layouts, hasn't it? Yeah, Germany's quite big for model railways. So there's the Stuttgart Engage model railway exhibition, which quite a few of our exhibitors have been to either to exhibit or to visit the exhibition. I do remember a few years ago going to the NEC in Birmingham to a model railway exhibition there. Huge exhibition and these gigantic layouts with amazing scenery. Yeah, that's one of the uh, biggest exhibitions in the UK, so something we're working towards. Indeed, but it's nice to have something local for people to go to as well. Yeah, that was the whole aim, because uh, we realised that there wasn't any model railway exhibitions nearby, in Elmbridge, etc. So that was the whole aim, to bring it closer to people so they don't have to travel further away. Yeah, and I guess these days there aren't really many model shops around, are there? I mean, most people have to buy stuff online, do they? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, online retailing has taken over a bit, but uh, many people prefer to come to the exhibition so they can browse and uh, see uh, what they're going to buy. Yeah, and you did, I guess, get ideas off one another, of, of, of layouts and uh, how they're all put together. Yes, and a lot of people, it's, it's their social time as well, so they... They all meet up to go to exhibitions or they meet up to be to be exhibiting. Yeah, indeed. And these days it's quite clever, isn't it? Some of it's computerised uh, controlled and so on. Yes, we've got one layout, St Elizabeth Street, uh, which is totally controlled by a couple of iPads. Uh, so, yes, technology is always improving and getting better, even with the model railways. Right, well, thank you very much, Gellett, for talking to me. And I think we'll go and have a look at some of the layouts now. And I'm here now with John at the uh, Broadgate uh, layout. Can you tell us a bit about this, John? Is it a double O? It's, double o, it's a double O layout about, uh, depicting a typical seaside scene um, based on the Thanet area, but not on any particular place. Right, shall we just come round and, and, and have a look at the front and we can probably describe it. It's quite a, a long, thin layout, isn't it? But um, 
And you've got what I like about it is all the all the figures here and the scenery and so on. Figures have taken a long time to collect, and they, we keep adding them. Is it tricky getting everything at the right gauge, at the right sort of uh, gauge, as it were? Um, Double O is pretty pretty good. Yes. There's quite a wide range of products available. Yes, it's pretty popular yes. gauge, isn't it? Yes. Really, and uh, you've got the station here first of all. Yes, the station. Yeah, we that's scratch built most of it. It's partly partly from kits and, and partly from just pieces of plastic. You can buy a plastic card with the right with different patterns on. Oh right. If so you, you want to make a roof, you can buy something with tiles on. Looks like tiles. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's half it. the fun though making it yourself, isn't well, it? Oh yes, yes. I I made that myself because I wanted to get the the roof right. Because right, okay. it, 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 it depends which which constituent company you're dealing with as to what sort of roof, what, what shape roof they had. <laughs> oh, I see. Yes, of course. Yes. If it was yeah, wrong roof, railway roof, you're in trouble. It was southeastern and Chatham was not the same as the southeastern railway. Although they crossed cross swords. <laughs> Indeed, in those days of competition, there wasn't yes. it. Now you got you got an overbridge over the top of the railway here with some taxis and people yeah, and uh, right, even yes. an old blue police box as well. Yes, we have. Yes. And um, across across from the railway, there's a, there's a fairground. Was oh, it a seaside promenade? I suppose. Yes, there's a seaside promenade. That's right. There's a public house, which is quite normal near the station. There's a bandstand and, uh, and, and gardens and, and, and seafront sea shelters. And in court, you've, got a, you've got a tram service as well, a tram it's got a, It has got a tram service, yes. Which unfortunately was axed long ago. Oh, yes, I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, they are making not, a comeback. Not, not, not everybody took, took that view. There are some, some places that thrive on trams today. <laughs> indeed, yes, indeed. And uh, the signal box looks intriguing. It's, it's high up, isn't it, on, over some brick arches here, over the top yes, of the uh, sidings there. Yes, I got that. There are some like that. One, there was one at Orpington, which is where I live. And there's, there's, a, there's a big one right, right over the track at, at West, West Canterbury West. Right, okay, so it's, so, yeah, so it's realistic. That, that, yes, they did have signal boxes like that. And of course, it's far from a modelling point of view, it saves space. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> but it does look great, doesn't it? And those long yeah. steps going up to it. Yes, as well. That's right, yes, yes. But you can just imagine the signalman leaning out of the window there with his uh, rag. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah. And the coal yard and everything. Now, this is it, isn't it? It's not just the passengers here. You've got vans here and you've got an uh, uh, oil tanker train as well coming through. And you've got a bandstand, of course, which is essential for us these days. <laughs> so um, how long did this all take to, to make? It's probably difficult oh, to calculate. It's five years. Really? It's yes. not longer. Yeah. But it's, it's grown. That, 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 the far end it, it was only done last year. Right, okay, so mm. yeah, so you continually evolve. Continuing evolve. I think we've stopped now, we'll have to th- start something else next yeah. year. And of course, to, to get it to and from exhibitions is obviously in sections, I guess. It's in sections, it's in nine sections. Right, okay. Yeah. So, so it takes a lot of packing away afterwards. Quite a lot, we have to hire a van, unfortunately, to, which co- puts the cost up, but there we are. Right, <laughs> so have you got a modelling club then that's doing this? No, we ha- we're, we're, we're independent. Right. We used to belong to a club. But we could, we, I can't get, 
I can't get there in, in the evenings now. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so especially uh, during the winter hours, it's a great time to, to be work, to working on this, I guess. Oh, yes, it is. Certainly gets, gets rather cold. In a, in, a, in, a, in a shed that's the only trouble <laughs> which is it? where you're working right. well thank you very much for showing me around your lovely model and it, it uh, it's just so realistic isn't it and uh, uh, all this all the scenery makes it I think there's quite a lot of things that actually move which I think yes ma- makes it interesting yes yeah, and e- even in sort of a sea background to it as well, you know, so you can imagine walking along the promenade there, getting getting off your train, going across the footbridge, popping into the pub for a quick one, and then absolutely, and, and, and then sitting uh, by the bandstand enjoying the music. That's right, you can do that. Yes. Right. Well, thank you so much, John. Okay. Thanks. And I'm now with Joe, who's actually making a layout of uh, the Paddington Station area from the 1960s. And it's in the very early stages, obviously, Joe. You just started this? Uh, started it about two years ago, uh, but most of it was sort of uh, revising of uh, what uh, stock would run on the line, how it would all look, uh, what buildings would have. But then uh, it was only about a year ago when we started uh, actually building the layout. Yes, obviously a lot of uh, research because you want to make it realistic and you've got to search back records from the 60s knowing what the layout was at that time, I presume, as well. Yeah, a lot of books uh, to go through, a lot of DVDs, a lot of uh, YouTube videos, stuff like that to uh, give you the knowledge that you need to um, sort of recreate Paddington in the 1960s as much as you can so people who come to shows and exhibitions get a feel for of what it was like. I guess you've been ploughing through railway albums, looking at all the pictures and trying to... anything with Paddington in it? Uh, yes, pretty much. Uh, every sort of night, just going through stuff to revise, to help out, to um, get a bit, more, a bit more of an understanding of... Uh, so I can make it like... Because uh, this is my first uh, exhibition layout oh, right. I've ever done, so I can actually make it more of a, uh, an amazing first one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite, a, quite a long one as well. And uh, uh, can you just describe a bit to me, then, from the far end, obviously, at the, at the uh, platform end? Yeah, so at the uh, far end, we've got the ta- uh, taxi rank on platform six. And we've got the uh, six-station platform. Where you can see there, where it comes down from the double slips, the double slips will all come all the way down onto board 3A, which will bring it into the uh, engine area. So we'll have angels idling, hopefully having some live steam as well. Oh, great. And then that way it'll look more rela- re- realistic. As you can see on board two, you have the uh, parcels bay as well. And obviously it will come out onto board four, which will be the fiddle yard, hopefully the four-track platform. And you've even got uh, British, uh, Bishop's Bridge going across the yes. top, British Bridge, right? Yeah. Uh, at the moment, obviously, Bishop's Bridge is just a uh, couple of bits of wood. But hopefully within a couple of months' time, we should hopefully have... Uh, all three bridges up properly, upstanding properly, and uh, looks a bit more realistic than uh, cardboard and wood. <laughs> I guess what's going to take the time as well as the, uh, the, the, uh, the layout of the track and so on is uh, then all the buildings and, and yes. getting that right. It's taken... Um, I, I also... Um, I'm with uh, East Princeton Model Railway Club, and I'm also the gentleman that got me into Model Railway was uh, Harrison Brown Models, Adrian. And basically, he's been helping me out through this layout, giving me the ideas, the um, information I need, and basically telling me do's and don'ts of buying, and don't rush and buy, just take your time. I guess it can be tempting, you see something, and you think, oh, I must have that, but it's a bit expensive. Yes, 100%, because uh, you just it's like payday. You get paid and you just want to spend something on something that you don't need at the time. Um, but no, after um, 
I say about two years now, started to get a bit more laying down. Obviously, I think the next sort of uh, what thing you want to do is purchase some more double slip tracks, get the whole double slip line done, and then probably start tacking the whole of the track down. Yeah. So then hopefully by our next exhibition that Paddington does go out, it'll be sort of a bit more... All tracks will be running instead of only two at the moment in time. Yeah, and, and yeah, properly operational, really. And in terms of the control system, what have you got here? I have one DCC controller, which is uh, for our uh, third line in. And for the uninitiated, because that's a sort of a computer controlled, is it? Yeah. And uh, the Loco's got a chip in it and so yeah, on. Yeah, Loco's got a chip on it, so you have sort of sounds on the Locos as well, i.e. Something like that, and uh, also for my other one, it's just a standard analog controller, which is basically most trains come when you buy them just as analog. Right, yeah, indeed. And uh, for the uninitiated, then with this uh, DC system, you can have several trains running each with their own chip, with their own identity. Yeah, hopefully, uh, in time as well, after completing the layout and adding a lot more to it, hopefully the whole layout will be DCC. So then you can have probably about three, four trains running on the layout once and then it sort of gets that big feel of like a busy terminus station hopefully in the 1960s of Paddington Right, okay, marvellous stuff I'm sure people are going to be fascinated when they come back each year to see how you're getting on with this Fingers crossed, yeah, hopefully Okay, well all the very best for you and uh, we look forward to a fantastic Paddington layout Thank you, Joe Thank you, thank you you. And I'm with Ian now from Small N Working and this looks amazing because if I can just describe it to the uh, listeners we've got some little model railway layouts actually inside briefcases How did this come about? Well, I belong to a club that uh, do modular layouts and we own four foot by two foot sections and you can only stock so many of those at home when the wife goes, spaces, I want my space back so I decided back in 2006 to make them in cases and now I've got 33 of them now Right, shall we come round the front and have, yes. a, have a look at yeah. some of them? Then, then the, the first one looks like a bit of a Lego layout, actually. Yes, it's in a, a children's trunky. Um, I decided to try something different than the normal case, which we've got here as well. But I've got a trunky, fire-engine trunky, and got a fire-engine Lego set, and it went from there. My wife gave me the first set just to, to make it sort of what I wanted to do. You've got a very understanding wife. She, she helps me with the scenery as well, so uh, oh, okay. yeah, she's very good at that. So I have to give her a pat on the back for that. <laughs> right, so it's got a little Lego uh, loco with somebody riding on it, going round uh, N-Gage? Yes, it's N-Gage track, yes, all, the, all N-Gage. Um, yeah, you'd have a bit of trouble with double O, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, yes, in that sort of size, yes. But, uh, right, the next one then uh, looks a bit more sophisticated. We've got a church here and some houses and yes. a, a street as well as two tracks with trains going around. This is my very first one. I started with this one. Uh, this is what I produced, my very first one in 2006. Like you said, I've got church, we've got people, we've got babies and mums and big prams. Um, you can't see the viewers, but we've got a building here and it's got damage on the corner. And there's a builder, I called the builder out to repair it. Because they're plaster buildings, so you oh. can't repair them. So. And I even like the little detail of the washing line in the back garden. Oh, yes, yes. The, 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 the ladies don't mind when the steam trains go by. <laughs> <laughs> and trees and so on. So you have got quite a, quite a bit of scenery here one way or another. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make it come to life. You know, I've seen so many layouts around about that don't have a lot of scenery. You've got to make it come to life, but you don't want too much scenery. Then it looks overcluttered. It's going to yes. be real life. We've got a, quite a small case in here, but you've managed to uh, oh, cram in it. It's a tram going round. Yes, this is a Japanese little scene. I had two little buildings left over, which normally paired together on one side of the road. And I thought I'd take them apart and make my own little zen garden and put lights on it. And uh, 
a little tram going around it. So people like that one. You know, it's, it's only different. So obviously all the inner workings of all these are sort of below the layout within the case. Yes, it is. Well, the power supplies are always behind. Uh, all my power supplies are all wired the same. So if something happens, I can change a, a, a unit over very easily. And we've got another late Lego layout here with uh, two tracks this time. This is my latest one, one of my latest ones. It's, that's version 3 now. Version 1 is underneath, and this is version 2 or 3 on top now. I didn't like the, my other previous versions, so I stripped it all down one weekend and relayed it up to that. And same again, use little Kato chassis and Lego bricks for the children, really, more so. Get them involved in the hobby. That's yeah, that, what we want to do. That's the thing, because, you know, I, I had this perception, really, it's more of an old man's hobby these days, but nice to see some young people getting involved. Oh, yeah, we want young people involved. We're, we belong to a club, and we have got no young ones now. When I joined the club 30-odd years ago, we had six or eight young ones, but they've moved on, had families of their own, got different hobbies. We need young ones, and if you can start them with Lego ones that they can enjoy Lego and trains, hopefully you're part of the way there. Indeed, and now the yep. next one's a bit bigger in the case here, and that's got a, got a, a tunnel and uh, a cutting going through the middle. Yes, I, uh, the one previous to that had a canal at the bottom, and me looking at my space uh, that I like doing, um, I thought I'll put a second track on there, make the opening a bit smaller, and make a little cutting, so the train does some um, backwards and forwards backwards, uh, in, in, from tunnel to tunnel. I've got a little tree they've cut down by the railway line, and they're burning off the off-cuts in the corner as well. <laughs> yeah, it's glowing. We can see the burning. Yeah, just to finish off the corners, because the corners are always a difficult to, thing to actually do something with, you know. Yes. So, um, and got some sheep in sheep the other guy. A lot of road that looks like it comes parallel with the road in the railway line. Very clever indeed. This one, again, a bit different in this case. We've got a fairground uh, ride here. Yes, this is a vintage, like a um, car fair, vintage fair, with different kinds of vehicles, moist miners. Uh, Herbie, you know, Volkswagens, and you've got the big trucks and uh, fire engines and uh, buses, and uh, with a train going round, and then you've got a, a, um, a merry-go-round uh, going round the right way. Uh, we're all lit up, and then we've got an ice cream van and a burger van. So, day out for the family. <laughs> yeah, very good indeed. If we come round the corner here, uh, right, what is this one then? This is a Playmobil. I wanted to uh, do something else for another one for children's one because I do a lot of children's ones as well. And I looked around for Lego, and I thought, well, let's try something different. Let's do Playmobil. And they've just bought out the Panda set a few years ago now. And then went, came home, measured it up, and all fitted. I went and found the enclosure online and, uh, and built it in the case. As you can see, well, you can't see, but the, all the, the um, fences all made of lolly sticks and <laughs> painted brown. Um, but it works. It's, it, it's in keeping with the size of the people there. And you've got a train going around the Panda enclosure with the children enjoying it. Yeah, it's amazing. These are all, you know, listen to sort of size cases you could maybe uh, take to work and so on, aren't they? But this next one is a lot, lot bigger, isn't it? A lot longer. It is. This is uh, 53 inches long by 13 inches wide. Uh, this is actually a, a gun case because uh, I wanted to do another change, which is the depth and not very deep. And I wanted to put the canal, rail and road going over top of each other and round each other. Uh, this one's got a lot of t- scenery on it. It took me nine months from start to finish. Uh, yes, again, my wife did the back gardens uh, when I was at a show previous week, uh, and I was going to a show in Germany, and she did the gardens for me when I was there. But it all lights up at night. Uh, so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it really is amazing I mean, how you've got the road going, a uh, humpback bridge over the railway, and uh, and how the canal comes in as well. The railway goes over the canal. It's it's very well put together, isn't it? Yes, I enjoyed doing this one. Uh, we moved one of the buildings, the pub 
from the um, the, the village. Uh, my friend here, Kevin, helped me did the woodwork. He does a lot of canal holidays, and he said it looked a bit crowded, but the pub should be by the canal. And he, uh, he made a good right decision. He made a good, yeah, he made a good decision as well. And uh, it's made a feature of that end as well that people look at. You know, people in the gardens, you know, by the sitting at their picnic, ta- you know, the tables having their drink and uh, a bite to eat by the canal. Yeah, it's a world in miniature. It with with all these modern railways, what finds me fascinating is, is the scenery, really, that sets it off. It, that's what comes to life. Yeah, when I, I've got I've pictures when I first started with bare track on the wood and you get a bit of paint to it and you add a bit of building. But it scenery comes to life and you put a car and figures and that's when it comes to life. And that's what I like doing is making it come to life. But not too, not too many people because you get it too cluttered. It's just enough to make it like real thing. Yeah, um, the, yeah, there must be a balance there. If you overdo it, it looks too crowded. It does. I was, uh, I was speaking to a gentleman about two, three years ago, and he was an artist, and he said, you must have an artist's mind, because you know when you've done the last paint brush stroke, I know when I put the last car on or the last person on, mm. that's the last thing. So if you try and put something else on, it doesn't look right, and I normally take it off. So uh, you said you know. It's, it's, it's getting that happy balance between... Cluttered and, and, and looking like real thing. So, how many of these layouts you got in all now? Then? I've actually got 33 of these now. Goodness me! So that's ranged from the mini disc up to the largest one here, which is the gun case yeah. used here today. Well, Ian, thank you so much indeed, and uh, well done to you and indeed your wife for the scenery as well. Thank you. I enjoyed it. And I'm with Adrian Harrison from Harrison Brown Models. Hello, Adrian. Hello. So Harrison Brown Models, I believe that's you and your wife's name? That is, yeah. yeah we've uh, combined our names, uh, Harrison Brown. Right, very good. So um, you've got, uh, I suppose, an a, a online shop, basically, for models. Is that right? We are primarily, yeah, we're an online shop, harrisonbrownmodels.co.uk, and we also travel around weekends to various different model exhibitions and shows with this last trade stand with all the different materials and kits for people not to just build the kits but we have all the scratch building material as well and then all the paints glues scenery all kinds of bits for any of model hobby almost right yeah indeed as it's a shame these days unfortunately there aren't very many model shops you go into so at least this is the next best thing you go to an exhibition you can actually go and see the stuff for real as as, uh, as well as then buying online and get advice i guess from me as well yeah definitely i mean that's something i've always used to pride myself on when i was shop based being able to interact and help so when we had to close the shop, our primary thing was to get out on the show circuit a lot more so we can still keep that personal touch, talking to people, knowing their hobbies, so we can help them obviously decide what they do and don't need. Whereas, obviously, the problem we find with the online customers, they're happy to just buy. And then, yeah, it isn't what they were actually were after, so it's nice to discuss and find out what it is people want and interested in. Yeah, and I guess people vary. Some people just want to ma- maybe buy something ready-made, but others are scratch builders and want to do everything themselves. Yes, yeah, there's a good variety of those who just want something ready just out of the box and put it out on display. And then we get, yeah, do get all those others who love to sit there and build it all from, from the scratch materials. So, again, it's nice to have that personal touch and help everyone to their individual needs. Yeah, what's the most popular gauge? O, and N, I guess? Still, yeah, we're finding double O and N are the main gauges. O gauge is getting more popular, which is then the next one up in size from your double O Hornby scale. And what about garden railways then? There, there, is a, there is a niche for that, yeah. There is some specialist shows, and we are looking at starting to do the larger scales yeah. materials for them as well. Right, you just keep, come along and just give us an idea of the sort of stuff you've got uh, for sale. Yeah, with us here today, we've got an array of die-cast vehicles in a multiple of scales. Then we've got buildings 
packets for the different scales as well. Then we move into some of the actual more model railway stock items, both in locomotive kits and wagon kits, as well as the ones ready out of the box to go. Then all the other bits of scenery for them, the, the signage for the railway stations. We've got canal boat kits, all the various different walls and scenic material making the, the gardens for the houses and everything else then we've also got the paints glues and the big back scene pictures but we've also always bring with us even though it's a model railway show we bring all our sci-fi kits because we get quite a few sci-fi modelers follow us around to the shows so we've got lots of star trek star wars and other sci-fi genre kits and we've got old airfix general plane kits as well yeah they're still popular then oh yeah yeah they're uh, very popular and so we've again we're able to be hands-on and help people with how to build them as well I guess it's really holding an awful lot of stock of different types of stuff, I guess. Yeah, that is our biggest problem, yeah. We have a, an awful lot of range to bring around each weekend, but so far we've we, we managed to try and cater a bit for everyone. Right, well, thank you very much, Adrian, and uh, best luck with uh, Harrison Brown Models. Thank you very much. And I'm now with RJC Models, and I'm with Rhys and Clarice. Hello. Hello there, how are you doing? All right, thank you. So what's all this about? Uh, so it started... Um, as uh, well, it's, it's a hobby of mine um, that I started about that was about twenty odd years ago. No, wait. When you're four years old, was no, this? When I was when I was when I was uh, eight. Sorry. Oh, eight. Oh, yeah. there you are. Okay. Uh, Dad, he bought me my first little Spitfire, like seventy-two scale Spitfire, um, and just sort of it's grown from there, really. Uh, so it's a massive passion of mine. It's something that I do to unwind. Um, I do a lot of YouTube videos, so let's build like people showing people had to build things and kit reviews that sort of stuff right okay so it's a basic just explain to everybody then you're, you're you're actually making up various things either from kits or from scratch yeah well the the thing you can see in front of you here um is a four foot diorama of a normandy village sometime after d-day um it's made of lots of different bits and pieces all the detail has been scratch built so it's kits that have bit of detailed up and bits and pieces like that it's, so it took about two years of of work um just re- researching and different um because that's the thing isn't it is making it realistic you, you can't just yeah. sit down oh, i've got an idea and just go for it you've got to do a lot of research get the get the scale right for everything yeah well that's how something like this starts is i'll, I'll just i'll have an, a crazy idea and then from there i sort of go well how can i put that idea into into a model uh, my next big project is um, I'm a massive Dire Straits fan, um, so I'll be making I'll be modelling uh, Telegraph Road from the start of the song to the end of the song. Um, so sort of well, that's a clever idea. Yeah, so you, you, we'll start with a, just a, uh, a single double O gauge figure, and then at the other end, the same double O gauge figure, but in the middle have like factories and that sort of stuff as it goes as it goes through the change of, of time almost marvellous let's have a word with dad then you started all this off then uh, well yeah I suppose I did really but uh, it wasn't just something to do really you know what I mean but uh, that's my passion is boats right, tell us about your boats then what are you doing over the boat on the boats the majority of them are scratch built at the moment the ones that are on here which start off as a piece of paper and some wood they're quite big scale. What's the scale? Uh, they're various. Uh, I don't think there's too many. This one is a scale of an American hydroplane, um, which was used in the 50s. Uh, had a Spitfire engine, um, a Rolls-Royce Merlin engine in it, orig- the real one. Uh, but they all vary. Uh, that's a, a 1926 copy of a 
a record uh, a contender. Oh, yes, a world speed record. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that was um, the, the the original boat. Now is in the um, Greenwich Museum. Oh right. Yeah. So uh, so I went and looked just to see how good it was. It. It's a lovely wooden speedboat here. You've got yeah, as well. It looks lovely. Yeah, that's uh, an American cracker box, which is uh, I just built some ply. They just bought sheets of ply and glued them together. And whatever. Yeah. And you've got the sailing yacht there as well. Yeah. Sailing is my passion, really. I prefer, I prefer sailing. Um, so can you take any of these on the water, then? They all go in the water, yeah. They're all motorised, all got radios, and yeah, so they all go in the water, yeah. So all radio-controlled and so on. I mean, typically, how long does it take to build one of these? I suppose it must vary. I suppose uh, three to six months. Uh, if you start off with a kit like that over the back there, you could probably build that in three months. Right, yeah. Because it's not just the exterior... But it's not just the exterior, isn't it? You can see all the superstructure you've got yeah. to build. Started off as a kit of pieces, uh, which glued together. Um, but uh, a few of these are scratch-built, just as I say, just from plan of wood, you know. So uh, just it's just something I enjoy doing, really. Well, thank you very much for talking to me today. All right, Clarissa, can we have a chat with you now? So what's your speciality in modelling? Uh, well, mostly I just um, help Reese out with the admin uh, side of the RJC Models online community. Um, we started exhibiting about three years ago um, at our local show um, run by Shubriness Model Railway Club, which um, Reese is a member of and a committee member of. Um, and back then, it was really just Reese exhibiting the work that he'd done, but he'd never really thought about... Uh, expanding onto the online community um, and while we were there we set up an Instagram channel and uh, within a couple of hours we got 300 odd followers wow um, <laughs> yeah it was uh, it was quite overwhelming for Reese because it's always been just sort of a, a hobby and an outlet for him um, and from there we've just grown um, the Facebook page and the YouTube community um, of which he's got over 300 subscribers now um, and he's from there made himself um, sort of quite a character and influencer, I suppose, and mm. built quite a, a family out of it. And I suppose my my role in all of that is just helping the channels flow, um, yeah, great. uploading posts here and there, and yeah. just making sure that there's yeah. sort of activity going on. Yeah, generating quite a modelling community, isn't it? You know, because as some of the guys down there were saying, you know, a lot of the railway models are getting older, and it's nice to see younger people getting involved. But it's a new way of communicating that uh, that uh, excitement about modelling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's um, a big reason why we wanted to start this community. It's because. I mean, as Reese has already told you, he started this at a very young age um, and he wanted to help encourage um, and um, sort of counsel, I suppose, the, the younger generation of, of model makers um, and just sort of show that it can, can be cool to, yeah. to do this instead of sitting yeah. behind your PlayStations or your yeah. mobile phones. Something Making something really physical and, and, and using your skills and so on is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I take my hat off to him. He's got so much patience and talent. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. And I understand you make models for for display as well with, yeah. the, with the shops. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've just literally partnered with Adrian down at Harrison Brown. 
Um, I've put uh, there's a, a, some guys I follow on on YouTube called uh, E Models. Um, I've recently put in a, a video for those guys as well. So hopefully we should get something back from them soon. Yeah, it's so visual, isn't it? So it's great to have that sort of uh, ability really to share. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've made friends all over the country. Uh, I've got friends other part of the world, and we we all help each other out and. Um, so yeah, it's a great community, um, and also we do uh, what we call like a live show, live show hangouts. So um, we will fire up the computer if you've got a camera and a, a microphone. We just sit there and chat and be silly and do silly stuff. Because um, again, for me, the model making is more is, is like a therapy. You know, it's yeah. it's people that struggle with mental health yeah. and that sort of stuff. It's, oh, it's so therapeutic, isn't it? As well, and an amazing feeling when you when you've completed something as well. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I, I'm a rowing modeler as well, and there's nothing quite listening to the clack clack of metal metal yes. tracks going around on on the rails. Um, but yeah, I say the, the YouTube community is absolutely cracking, um, and it's a massive, massive. So it's like a family almost, you know. Right. Well, thank you, Reese. Thank you, everybody there from RJC Models. Thank you very much. And I'm now by an O-gauge layout, and uh, I'm with uh, Andrew Jones from the Stodden Hundred Light Railway. Hello, Andrew. Hello, good afternoon. And uh, tell us about Stodden then. How did that come about? Um, the layout was built to demonstrate that uh, you can model O-gauge in a reasonable amount of space. The space is 9 foot by 2 foot. Yeah, indeed, there's a lot here, isn't there? Can we you just come around and uh, we can just explain uh, what we've got here? It's mostly freight, isn't it, basically, and, and uh, shunting, etc.? It's a description of a light railway uh, in about 1939, just before the the Second World War, where everything changed. And so you have a small platform um, with for passengers. Uh, there's a pie factory and a small brickworks and uh, goods yard. Right, and I see there is it cattle pens there as well. Yes, uh, and there are cattle pens there for uh, serving the the pie factory. Right, and I see you've got a, a vintage bus there as well at the station. Yes, the, the rest of the line up to Kimbolton is closed, so the bus now provides the, the connection. Right, and I like the overbridge here, and you've got uh, some uh, lorries going across it in a car. Yes, uh, that's actually a scenic feature to hide a, a break in the baseboard. But uh, yeah. You don't tell people that. You... <laughs> so is it just in two sections, this, then? Uh, this actually is three sections. Um, it folds up into a box, basically five foot by two foot by two foot to go in the back of my car right very good yes yeah, got to be planned for that as well and the the far end then away from the station then we got a we got a unloading dock here have we yes this is a, a brickworks um which a lot of small villages had um in the interwar years um and it demonstrates uh, them breaking into the kiln and taking out the newly fired bricks yeah, yes, I can see that. Yes, absolutely amazing. And, of course, the coal there for part of the uh, the operation as well. And it uh, just reminds us that, you know, uh, in, in the old days, there were a lot of stuff went by rail rather than by lorry. Absolutely. Virtually everything went by, by rail, um, rail being a common carrier, uh, bricks, coal, uh, everything, <laughs> basically. Yeah, and the milk as well. Y- yes, milk, uh, dairy produce, um, you name it, it went by rail. So how long have you? How long did it take to, to make the layout, and how long has it been like this? Um, I've been exhibiting it for six years, and this is its 81st showing, so effectively once a month. Uh, it took me about 18 months to, to build this, which is actually um, part of a longer layout. 
Oh, right, is it? Okay, bigger. It, it's, it's grown. It started out as nine foot, and in its maximum length, now it's 34 feet. Where do you keep that, then? Um, boxed up at home. <laughs> oh, right, okay. It's not in the garage or the shed or whatever. Uh, I've got a cupboard carport, which is nice and dry, so it all lives out there. And uh, I guess you're going around to various exhibitions, then, displaying this? Yes, this is um, the third showing uh, in the last three weeks. I was at um, Woking and Re- Reading last weekend. OK, well, thank you very much for talking to me today, Andrew, and uh, a lovely layout indeed. And uh, as you say, it's amazing what you can get in, in that length with o, uh, with o gauge. And I'm uh, now with John from uh, uh, Bourne Central uh, Model Railway Club and uh, based in Bognor Regis. Hello, John. Hello. Well, and, welcome to the show. Indeed. And what a show it is. Quite a big layout. I mean, how big is it? The layout, this particular layout is 12 foot by 4 foot. And its specific purposes is hands-on, controls at the front, have a go, have fun. That's a great idea. I'm sure the kids enjoy that and some of the older kids as well. Oh, yes. We have all kids, all the sizes from three months Right up to 103 years. Okay, so it's a double O gauge? Correct, yes, it's double O gauge. Anything runs that's a standard analogue from Hornby, Backman, Lima, you name it, it will run. Anything on double O. Right, and we've got uh, three running lines, haven't we? There are three complete independent running tracks, and one has a passing loop, so there's a store in the station, there is an extra train. So we have possible four trains any three running any time okay and i see uh, thomas the tank engine and co are, are quite favorite here oh yes he's essential without thomas the layout wouldn't be a proper layout right but you've got a lot of good scenery here as well we've got um we've got buses and uh, cars and uh, fire engines and all sorts of things over the years uh, we were told by the children what they wanted on the layout so everything has to come on what they can see in real life or off the television, it's somewhere along here, as long as to do with Thomas or transport of some sort. Ah, right, yes. And uh, you've got, got a, a nice tunnel to go through as well. Of course. There's always a tunnel. That's one of the essentials of the children. It's noise, lights and a tunnel. <laughs> and a lot of good scenery, a lot of um, trees and foliage and so on, and, uh, and houses as well. Yes, everything is uh, built from standard items you can buy from any model shop, acquire from anything, and careful, uh, you can see that a lot of things are made up from any item you can get your hands on. Expanded polystyrene for the tunnels, wallpaper, old wallpaper is set for the roads and then just painted green. Some of the hedging is packing material. Or you can go into any big supermarket, get these lovely scouring pads, and you can cut them and paint them to your heart's content. All very clever stuff, isn't it? I bet different people get different ideas how they can do things, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, the standard buildings are all standard ones that you get from any of the model shops. They're cardboard and just put together, and they fit the layout, and they do make part of the layout. Vaccines, again, standard items you can buy from any model shop. Right, so how long did it take to put together? The initial uh, layout was built in about four months, in the summer and the autumn of 2009. 
I came into the project towards the end in uh, July and August, uh, and since then I've just been one of the team that look after it. Right, and you've been uh, railway modelling for a long time? Um, initially, my father bought a good trying train set in the 1950s, one of the first, because it had the big battery box. Oh, right, the, yes. With the rear stat on the top, uh, bigger pardon, with a switch on the top for three speeds. Um, then we went on to more of the controlled speed um, from the early trying system. I then left home, like all children, they do, grow up, go. It happens. And then came back, grandchildren, after uh, a while, and they re-infused the Thomas scene. And that's where I'm back again, from the 90s. Oh, excellent stuff. So I bet the grandchildren love this. Oh, yes. Well, I've got one that actually, um, all his stock is still in my house, and he does love it. It's not going anywhere yet. Um, but it is now in demand. Uh, but these items here are just standard items you can get from any model shop. Any of the uh, um, traders will have second-hand equipment. That's, that's what we buy. I guess the skill is, though, how it's all put together and uh, how, how it works out. And you control here for the children. And you've even got sound effects, haven't you? Yes, we have sound. Um, when we run a steam train, we have a very simple steam whistle. And when we run a diesel, we have a diesel two-tone horn. Each of the um, controls have their own circuit for the sound, so th there's no interference between the controllers. Now, do any of the children get their train going too fast, <laughs> getting come off on the curves? No, we thought of that. Right at the beginning, we decided to have separate controls in addition to the normal controls that the children have. So we set the top speed of each locomotive, and therefore there's no problems. Anyway, I think it's a great idea, because although the kids love looking at model railways, to actually drive a train must be something else. Well, the whole idea was hands-on, have fun. Don't care about your age, just come in and play. And indeed, hopefully, uh, a new generation of modellers. Yes, it, we've had a few over the years, and hopefully there'll be more to come. Thank you very much, John. Thank you. And I'm now with Simon Hall, who is an author. And uh, Simon, you've got a couple of your books here. Hello, hi. <laughs> so I've brought two books with me today. And the first book is called The Trouble on the Water Meadow Line. And the second book is called Crossing Time on the Blueberry Line. And they're all based on different heritage railways. And the clue is in the title. I think so. I, I certainly recognise blue. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't give any more than that away, I'm afraid. <laughs> and the Watercrest Line seems to be here somewhere, is it? Well, it's possible. It's po some people do say that, yes. If people don't know that. That's the line down from Alton and... Uh, course with the bluebell railway as well that's right yeah it's down in sussex so you obviously traveled on them to get the inspiration i have with my own children and um it is it's all their fault actually it's their journey you see and i've just expanded it a little bit right okay so a lovely idea to to write children's books for uh, for uh, you know with the railway theme to it they're a bit of adventures are they or well, they are, and um, I've seen the sort of things that my children grew up and enjoy, 
not just steam trains, but they love dinosaurs and they love unicorns and all sorts of things. And I sort of thought, well, you know, perhaps these things do exist in their own worlds, you know. <laughs> so what age group are you aiming at with the books? Um, the age is usually about four to ten years old. Um, and th- there's three chapters to each book. After each chapter, there's sort of a, a sort of a facts thing, so it's semi-educational as well. So I try and bring a bit of history, a bit of science into it as well. Um, so they're learning something out of it as well. Yeah. Right. So uh, and is it getting? Is it proving popular? Uh, yes, very popular. Um, this is the the first year. Uh, well, I started um, self-publishing uh, last year. Um, we started in um, May, and uh, we've now got the second book out already now. And um, and I've been going on all these different heritage railways around the country to do book signings. Yes. Oh, marvellous! And well, somebody's got to do it, I suppose. It's, it's marvellous. Yeah, that would be an ideal location and getting the books into their bookshops, I guess. Uh, that's quite right. Uh, and I've been very fortunate to have um, Memory Lane Media, who've um, who've helped uh, me um, distribute the books and I have to give a little plug to Andrew Humphreys on that who's been very supportive and there's some lovely illustrations I'm just flicking through one of the books here now and uh, full colour illustrations and and, oh some in black and white there as well very scared girl I mean that makes it come to life how did you go about finding the illustrators well it's all that's been a journey in itself and it's usually been chance encounters um the first artist is american uh, cameron bennett and before he came to the uk from the states um i bumped into his sister-in-law who introduced me to him and i sent him a script um and so cameron has illustrated both books but he because of his workload, he's now stopped. And the Railway Children Charity and the North Yorkshire Moors Railway put me in contact with David Charlesworth, who's one of the best railway illustrators in the country living at the moment. And so he has made a contribution to the second book and hit the third book, which is not published yet, he'll be doing all the illustrations. Now, you've done all the writing, and obviously when you are writing, you've got the images in your mind of what you're writing about, but how are the illustrators, you know, have they surprised you with what they've come up with, or is this what you're expecting? There is actually a, there is actually a sort of procedure of doing it. Um, as I write the books, I usually have an idea of an illustration, and I'll put some ideas, but generally on the whole, the artists themselves too will read it themselves. And they often say, yes, this would work well here. Um, so it's very much, work very much together with them on that. Right, well, looks marvellous and congratulations and uh, keep writing. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that's author there, uh, Simon Hall. And I'm now with Martin from East Surrey Engage with a fantastic-looking Engage layout here. St. Elizabeth Street? Yes, it's Elizabeth Street, yep. So uh, it's based on that. And can you tell me a bit about the layout there from end to end? Uh, see, we've got a station in here with some lovely... Uh, I, li- I just love lampposts illuminated. Yeah, I've made the layout with two main lines, like a continuous running. And I like the idea of a nice long station. But then I wanted a engine shed as well to keep the diesels. I also put a working fairground because it entertains the kids. Ah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so the uh, 
the, the carousels are going around. You've got the big wheel there as well at the end there. And uh, also quite a lot of uh, road vehicles as well. Yeah, I've got a lot of road vehicles there. It makes it filled up. And they're bringing more modern cars out, so it makes it easy to do a modern layout. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, me being a freight man, I see you've got a nice lot of freight uh, in here as well. And uh, what I like about Engage is you can get some really lengthy trains, can't you? More realistic. You can do, yeah. You can go up to about 16, 17 wagons. I see we've got a train here with some Mark 1 coaches, is it, at the moment? Yeah, it's a running preservation, like a charter stock. So you can run your modern image layout, you can run your charters, steam specials, and still make it look realistic with a diesel on the back. How clever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, we've got a big uh, stone train coming through, aggregate train now. Yeah, it's got the Class 37 on the front of the large logo, Lock Ely, because they're starting to run the old ones again, with a nice length of um, ballast train behind it. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, again, you show, it really shows the length here. I like the fact you've got a building under construction here with a crane. Yeah, I just wanted to put like scenarios because you've got a building site there and you've got another shop on fire. Oh, yeah, with the two fire engines outside ready to rescue them all. Yeah, and you also got an Eddie Stobart warehouse there. Yeah, with a forklift truck and the Eddie Stobart trucks and uh, DHL, etc. and uh, lumber containers stacked up. Yeah, I want to make it look realistic and try and fit everything in. So you got you can run a mixture of stuff then. Yeah, and as you say, you've got the engine shed up, up this end where we are now. Yeah, that's um, the EWS stock in there, so you've got 67, 66s, and the inspection car behind it. Well, you must have known I used to work for EWS, so thank you for doing that. <laughs> and you've got uh, some uh, yellow coaches here. They're the um, inspection coaches, are they? Yeah, the network wear inspection coaches, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, what a layout wouldn't be without the tunnel. Yeah, the tunnel's always nice to cover the curve up. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, behind the uh, the diorama, then, you've got, you've got the workings at the back here with the fiddle yard. Yeah, we've got a six-lane la- yeah, six fiddle yard where we store the trains. We only normally put one train on per track because of the length of trains we like running. Right, yeah, good point, good point. And uh, I s- understand this is all controlled by an iPad? Yeah, it's controlled. It's got two um, iPad controllers on it. One does all the point work and the other one does all the locos. You just choose the picture of your loco you want and you can control it you can find the points via the pictures and change points so it makes it a lot easier so anyone can use it right how clever yeah you haven't got to be an expert and spend months training and and has each train then got a chip in it then to identify it each train's got a dcc chip in it some of the trains got sound dcc chips obviously you've got the sounds but mainly it goes dcc dcc right well thank you for talking to me today and uh, best of luck to the surrey engage group brilliant thank you very much and I'm now with Mick and Colin from the East Grinston Moral Railway Club. And uh, just tell us a bit about the layout then. It's, uh, it's called... Uh, East Bridge. East Bridge, yes. And what's it represent? It lives on Red Hill Shed. Right, based on Red Hill Shed then. And it, it looks pretty industrial to me, doesn't it? It's, it's sort of, what sort of era is it set in? 1959-odd. Yeah, and, of course, steam's still very much uh, in, in presence here, isn't it? And, and it's, uh, this is all handmade then? Yes, all scratch built. Yeah, you've got uh, what, three roads in the engine shed here. Just stri- describe the layout to us. Um, well, basically you've got areas uh, in the shed where guys would be doing some work on the engines. Not too much work, not heavy-duty work. They go away to a main shed. Um, you've got them where the cleaners will clean out the ash into ash pits just in front of the shed and do some cleaning uh, three entrances into there 
you move down further along, you've got a turntable where you can turn the engines round so they're going the right way. Engines will be parked outside the shed waiting for men with particular jobs to take out. You've got a coaling station over here where you would coal up. Again, some more ash pits along here so that you can clean them out, fill them up with coal, fire them up, get them ready, leave them there for outside the shed for the next set of men to go on after they've booked on, been given their tickets, and away they go. Um, and then we go along that way. We've, we go out into the unknown. <laughs> Onto the main line. Onto the main line, etc. And we've got um, a side in here which is raised for the coaling station, so you can have the coal higher up, then they can be fed into the uh, back of uh, a tank engine or into the tender on a... Uh, engine a bigger engine with a tender right so it's a really realistic uh, you know description really of uh, what used to happen at a, at a steam engine shed isn't it a servicing point every day yes and you'll also notice that they're heavily weathered um, these would probably be being goods engines which are doing a lot of um, goods work and the public don't tend to see them if it's a passenger engine then it could very well be nicely painted um, for public viewing these are workhorses um, not cleaned on the outside or washed when we say the cleaners they're going in emptying the ash out etc and cleaning the insides of the engine so that they actually function not that they look nice yeah, absolutely yeah and it, it just shows you really quite a heavy industrial situation doesn't it as you say and uh, all the grime all the grime that came with uh, with steam pretty dirty um, we've actually got actual ash in the ash pits, real ash. That's a, probably a wood-burning stove or something like that. And there'll be re- there might be real coal actually in some of these um, to try and make it as realistic as possible. Um, it's the it's it's not a train set; it's a model railway, yeah. and it is a distinction between the two. Absolutely, and really, uh, uh, you know, a snapshot of history and time. Yes, um, you know, this is a typical shed. Uh, my dad worked uh, a shed like this uh, in, on uh, in, on the Wirral, uh, Bidston shed, um, and I did visit there and was able to drive uh, an engine when I was about six years old, which was a fantastic thing for a young lad to be able to do uh, with him one day. Well, thank you very much for showing us the layout. Fascinating stuff, gentlemen. This has been Graham Laycock for Brooklyn's Radio at the Wharton-on-Thames Model Railway Exhibition at All Saints Church Hall in Hersham on Saturday the 28th of September 2019. And a fascinating exhibition it was of miniature modelling in action. We look forward to another event next year. Brooklyn's Radio. Loving events in Surrey.